0: Alabama quarterback Bryce Young and arguably the most valuable college player over the last two seasons and he has that calling card that playmaking ability that you can see right here that is giving him big upside comps in the NFL we know that he's going to work his ass off in the offseason before games he's a definitely guy that knows a lot of ball here so really it just comes down to is translation how much can we translate his skill set from college to the NFL
1: what I absolutely love about this play it's like the subtlest little detail but it's what honestly gets me going about Bryce Young and maybe what makes him different is obviously this is a play out of structure. And I would say that when you stack quarterbacks who ad lib and win outside of the parameters of the offense, those are the great ones in the Mm -hmm. league. But here you go. Little pump fake knows he needs to extend the play. But as soon as he runs to his left, look at him. Did you see that little look behind his left shoulder just to see how much time he has? Because he's not the biggest. He's not the most athletic. But man, does Bryce Young do such an exceptional job of understanding his little windows, his little pockets and maximizing what he does have along with anticipating and the vision to find this receiver working back across again. Not gonna call it a powerful throw, but the touch and the placement and the trajectory of it results in a super positive play that he created on his own.
0: Yeah, those are every single week. You get a couple of those from Bryce. The thing that really stands out to me is he maneuvers inside and outside the pocket very well um, but at the same time, he's never looking to scramble. His eyes are always up, and he would rather sit behind the line of scrimmage and run around, and then flick the ball downfield. Yeah. Or on this play, make a play, just flick, flip it over to your running back. And so he's he's kind of like this chaos quarterback, but he's not chaos and scramble. He's chaos and throw throw it downfield, and he's getting some long touchdown passes because of this ability.
1: Well, he's comfortable in chaos, like where other quarterbacks lose their brain and it departs their body. He is so comfortable either stepping up and stepping right or stepping left and climbing the pocket. And I think he does that with a good number of Twitch. Like you can watch the old, you can watch every single game, honestly. And there are a handful of plays where this Alabama offensive line this season was probably the worst that we've seen from Alabama in quite some time and him handling the little slaloms, the alleys of the pocket, and again, finding that operable space. And then, as you said, it's not just finding the space, it's also understanding where he can go with the football. And it can be those short little flicks or dump-offs that we saw, or it can be legit 20-plus yard throws down the field and almost off-platform. So I'm, I'm totally with you. That pocket negation and that comfort and chaos stands out from the first game you watched to the final game that you watch with Bryce Young.
0: Yeah, the two traits. It's the poise in the pocket, and it's that playmaking time together. Uh, according to PFF, he had 9.3 yards per pass attempt under pressure. That is lights out stuff. Now, the small little difference, we can get to this later, is I think that he brings on a little bit of the pressure himself, and that's potentially because of his height. But I'm with you. The poise, he's not going to break down and cr- crumble under pressure. And the other big thing with him is I think pre-snap, he just really understands oh, yeah. understands the offense. And if you listen to any of his interviews, if you listen to any of the reporters talking about Bryce Young, this S2 test, everything is off the charts. He's in there first thing in the morning. So he's kind of got that little Joe Burrow in him where you just know pre-snap, he has a really good foundation of where this ball is going to go. And if it isn't there, then he can turn into the Bryce Young that we saw at Alabama all the time and make some plays. So I think pre-snap poise and playmaking, those are, really powerful words and i think that bryce young definitely has all of them and
1: i think placement with the trajectory of his throws as well i mean he absolutely will make these passes with a man in his face and he does not fall away and i'm so proud of us hayden we've made it four minutes into this video and we're finally mentioning the 510, 204 pound frame that bryce Young is going to bring with him to the nfl and it's so interesting going back and listening to some of his interviews now when asked about his height and and his weight and if he Gets annoyed by it. And he basically is like, no, I've been this way since fifth grade and seventh grade. And I've just learned to adapt my game to fit this frame that I have. And, and I think that that is, is perfect when you talk about, again, the twitch, the torque. And I would even say with his weight and his size, he has like core strength that we see in plays like versus LSU or other games that he has grabbed in the pocket or contacted in the pocket. He can escape free and create outside of the structure. But then as much as we are focusing in on like this playmaking mentality, when it is blocked up, when his wide receivers do create, you know, separation, the ball and the timing, he's aggressive. And I think the placement is really good in that area. So it's not just to me, this out of structure playmaking ability in a smaller frame. It's also inside the structure with his vision and the touch and the accuracy that puts on his passes at all three levels as well.
0: Yeah, 8.2 yards per attempt on the non-play action passes. So that kind of goes up to the pre-snap stuff, how much this can translate. He definitely can run a regular NFL offense. I think maybe I disagree just a tad Mm -hmm. on your evaluation versus mine on the accuracy. I think that he's a fairly accurate quarterback. I don't think that he's some exceptionally accurate quarterback. I think there's some balls that end up a little bit short. I'm more concerned with the arm straight than the accuracy um, just compared to like CJ Stroud, for example, uh, on target rate, outside throws, 10 plus yards downfield. Some of the hardest throws you'll make uh, Bryce Young was at 53%. Uh, CJ Stroud is closer in like the 65 range. So I think that he's a fine, accurate quarterback, but I think when people make this like Steph Curry type of comparison, where you, you're going to be a, a playmaker, it's going to be unique because we don't see players with the size. I'm not sure if I see like drew breeze level, uh, accuracy and arm strength right uh, I, I see that's here below that
1: okay i'm with you but also from drew Brees, we don't see the same playmaker mentality and of from cj stroud we don't see this playmaker mentality i'm I i'm with you that cj stroud is if we're talking about a pure placement on a down in down out basis stroud is number one in this class yep might be number one in previous classes other than like joe burrow let's put it mm-hmm. that way the arm strength thing i i do get it he certainly does not have a cannon but if when i watch reels of his throws along with reels of other throws from other quarterbacks in this class. It's almost like, remember the little giants? We see the wide receiver have the play called for him, and he's running, trying to catch the ball over his shoulder, and he imagines the football turning into a roll of toilet paper. Yes. Uh, The touch, the softness of Bryce Young to layer these passes. Again, I would say inside, especially over the middle of the field, outside of structure when things get a bit chaotic over top of defensive backs. And then like the perfect spot that his wide receiver is running into again, the flight might not be as pure as what you're going to see from Stroud and Anthony Richardson, but it still gets to the point exactly when you want it to, I would say most often. And sure. I I'm also with you that there are plays where it can be short, but I would also say on some of those occasions, like we see versus LSU, when there's a safety over top, he's throwing away from that as well. To me, at times, shorter throws also come with the decision to throw away from coverage and throw his wide receiver away from the defensive back.
0: And I think that goes back to him just knowing the defensive structures and throwing away from it and just having a good understanding of that. I think that the height and the weight does come into play with this conversation, though. He stands very uh, he stands very upright in the pocket, almost like in the class picture when you're the short guy and you're trying to get in that back row and you're trying to stand on your tippy toes. That's how he plays. And if you just see Bryce young in like a normal dropback situation, he throws the ball. And I think his arm is totally fine. But when he's actually inside the pocket, he's standing on his toes. And in order for him to rip velocity, either has to get down in his base and then throw it, or he has to just throw it off of his tippy toes. And that's where I see some of the height come into play. The other part I see is he drifts back in the pocket and drifting back in the pocket. When you're this big of a playmaker uh, has been fine to date. Now I do think that he creates a little bit of pressure for himself uh just looking back uh pff has um the amount of pressure that the quarterback is responsible for and there was 144 quarterbacks in college football last year he was second at 32 percent of the pressures were because of him that's three times per game that he created pressure for himself These are leading to quarterback hits, and that's where I'm a little bit concerned that if he's drifting back in the pocket and he's the playmaker, how long is that going to last? Because at this frame, that's what I'm a little bit concerned about, and I wonder if these really fast edge rushers, if he is drifting back in the pocket, some of that playmaking ability is just going to get zapped because these guys move at a little bit faster of a level.
1: I'm really curious about that that charting because I can't say when I watch Bryce Young this past season that he is second worst in this class at eliciting pressure. You know? Because I wonder if some of that is he didn't have the dudes at wide receiver this past season, and it maybe is escaping the pocket and trying to get creative, which he does, you know, to try to force different angles and to elongate plays. And if that with, like you're saying, edge rushers, then escaping the pocket, uh, and then drawing those pressures. If that's what that comes from.
0: Yeah, I think there is a little bit to that, but I, w- I want to point out this. There's a play right here in the pocket where, where he kind of just throws it off of his teepee toes last minute, and it's those balls get not deflected. And I think that's like one of the arm strength or the, the thing that people always say is, oh, he didn't get that many batted balls. I don't think batted balls is the issue with the height. To me, it's, it's the base. He'll go from toes And then he has to really take his time and get out. And I think some of the balls are either a tad late or he's going to throw it on time. But the balls are going to lack a little bit of velocity. And I'm just wondering if some of these minor details, that's going to be like the translation issue from college to the NFL.
1: Okay, let's have like a longer discussion on this frame because it is an outlier. I love outliers, uh, even if they don't always hit. Right, because when you chase those or build a roster full of them, uh, it's not going to work out. But when they do hit, they break the mold. Um, since 2000, I think there's only been four quarterbacks uh, in the NFL draft around his size. And it was DeArt King who switched positions, Joe Hamilton. Kyler Murray was exactly his height. In fact, I think among quarterbacks around his weight, and he weighed in at 204 pounds, probably heavy, you know, for what we expect of what Bryce Young was going to be heading into the draft. That was exact same weight as Russell Wilson. And then prior to that, I think the only other quarterback that was drafted in like the top two or three rounds was uh, Pat White, who was at 197 pounds. Is this to you going to be a huge issue where it hasn't really been so far other than like a shoulder injury that made him miss a game and a half? Uh, Or is this just again? a different package that we have seen at the quarterback position. And now the NFL is more readily available to implement players like this at this quarterback spot.
0: So obviously the penalties are helping him out. The evolution of the games certainly helping him out. His brain is 100% helping him out. Uh, I, he's going to put on some weight. I don't think he's ever going to get to like Russell Wilson stockiness. Um, Russell Wilson just ran more in college. Uh, that's like the other thing that Bryce Young, like his rushing numbers are like fine, but he doesn't run that much. And my question to you about this, and I think it's really important is how athletic do you think he is? And I'm not talking about like playmaking. I'm talking about just sprinting out. Yeah. Like, do you think he has like Russell Wilson level stuff, Kyler Murray stuff? Because to me, he's going to have to win more like Drew Brees than I think he's going to win like Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray was drafted what, fourth overall by the Oakland A's. We're talking about like a complete outlier athlete. I do not see that with Bryce Young at all. I think he's more like average, maybe slightly above average athlete. I don't think he's some exceptional athlete um, in the ways that like Kyler Murray he, and Russell Wilson when he, when he was in his prime that were like buying time in the pocket, a little bit stockier. Yeah. I'm not sure if I see that with Bryce.
1: I think his athleticism is on par with someone like Joe Burrow. Like, yeah, there's plenty of occasions where he reads the coverage and the spacing and will take off and create on his own as a runner. And to me, that is more about timing than it is athleticism. And I I see a bunch of, well, and you're not saying this, but I'm just saying in general to all the people out there. Well, Mm. Kyler Murray was this height. He hasn't succeeded in exactly the same ways. I would say Kyler and. Bryce are like totally different prospects. I know because Kyler, especially in the red zone relies so much on his rushing ability. And Kyler as a passer is terrified of the middle of the field. Russell Wilson at his height is terrified of throwing in the middle of the field. And I could throw a dozen, two dozen plays way more than that, where Bryce is exceptional in the middle of the field. And it's not just when it's clean. It's also when it's dirty, when it's layered, he will throw it to the man. Who's deeper, you know, so just because Kyler at this height, I'm not saying is failing, but struggles compared to other quarterbacks that are larger, it doesn't have to be in the same way as Bryce young and the game that he plays. And that means he's going to struggle because I would say their strengths and their weaknesses
0: are drastically different. Yeah. I think Bryce wins wins with his mind. And I think Kyler wins with his athletic abilities.
1: To answer your question, can I just throw some numbers at you because Mm -hmm. With C.J. Stroud, who we talked about in a different video, it's almost like with him, Stroud, you have to coax the athleticism out of him. You know, just this past season, on 376 snaps, he only had 24 carries, right? For 188 yards, zero touchdowns. You know, 1.4 yards after contact, only four missed tackles forced. Right? So he is that six foot three, 214 pound frame. But meanwhile, on a 100 fewer snaps, Bryce Young had 311 rushing yards, four touchdowns, six missed tackles forced, you know, 3.5 yards after contact. I understand the frames are wildly different, but as like a pure, I can pick up what the defense is giving me right now as a rusher, Bryce Young is a better runner of the football and more aware of it than CJ Stroud is at this moment. Yet, like Bryce's size... And his height is being and his athleticism is being knocked for that. But really, I don't think we're talking about the same thing with C.J. Stroud.
0: I just think that C.J. Stroud with that body type and that accuracy we've seen work in the NFL. We haven't really seen, aside from like Drew Brees, a small quarterback that isn't Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. If you compare Bryce Young's rushing stats to like some of those type of like Lamar Jackson, uh, Kyler Murray, it is light years different. I think that's because Bryce Young likes to stay in the pocket. We talked about that's a positive trait where he keeps his eyes up when he's scrambling around. If he's going to scramble around in the pocket, which we want him to do, that's what his best trait is. But we also need him to survive these NFL hits and him buying time in the pocket is going to create pressure for himself. That's where I get a little bit concerned for him. So to me, I still have an early first round grade. When you show this type of upside, you have to swing for the fences. Like you said at the beginning, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, all the best quarterbacks in the league right now. They have some cre- creative ability. Bryce Chung has that. I think it's going to be hard to walk into an AFC or NFC championship re- game right now without some of that playmaking. So I think it's probably worth taking a chance on Bryce Young really early in the draft. I just think that the bus rate is a little bit higher just because the foundation around his his, his size, really.
1: Having the comparison between the two, which all of these teams are doing, I don't know if you can have a conversation with one without talking about the other. Bryce's concern seems to be what will happen in the NFL. And CJ Strouds was already a problem at the college level when he was forced off his spot, when he was forced to elongate plays other than the Georgia contest. So like that certifiably... Is a problem with CJ Stroud right now that maybe can be fixed because of moments that we have seen it versus Bryce Young. We have seen tons of moments where he is elevating and creating and, you know, maximizing what he has already with a rushing ability. But then that might change. Once you get to the league, you see what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. I think the, the difference there for me is Stroud has a chance to improve that. Bryce isn't getting taller. or. But he's
1: already attack. great at it.
0: Like I, I understand. He had to but, have
1: so many of these examples where, right. I mean, I don't know if I watch an offensive line, maybe yeah, Kentucky, it was bad where there was miscommunications and instant disruption that dropped young. Yeah. And that Bryce Young had to vertically climb and get out to the right or go right. And then and he handled it perfectly yes. so often
0: one of my favorite stats I found looking at Bryce Young is uh he was in the bottom seventh percentile and the EPA lost on sacks in 2021 that's that was like extremely concerning this last year he actually faced more pressure we talked yeah. about the offensive line was a worse and that went from bottom seventh percentile up to the 76 percentile definitely a passable level so uh maybe he has a little bit better of an understanding for all this stuff so it's gonna be really interesting I I, I think that he's gonna be a Pro Bowl level player whenever he's out there I think just we'll see how long that lasts. And I hate, I hate, it truly hate to be this, this, this guy, but it's just, you don't, it's, he's such an outlier in ways yes. that concern me because his play style, he, he's wants to keep his eyes up in the pocket. That's where the big dudes are. So I'm a little bit nervous there. And I'm, I'm, I also think that people are over uh, selling his raw athleticism and his, just his arm talent in general. I think he's average in those categories. And I think the Kyler Murray's are well, well, well above average.
1: Maybe from a pure arm strength standpoint, Kyler's is better. But if oh, we're talking yeah. about anticipation of throws and That's placement, great to me though, and, and and layering, Bryce Young is so far exceeding that. And attacking over the middle of the field and layering those throws to Bryce yes. Young is far exceeding him in that area. And just quickly, big draft, big media continues. And I think they just get it from teams and maybe multiple teams use this comparison to Steph Curry. I don't buy that because Steph Curry is the best three point shooter of all time. Bryce Young isn't going to have one trait that he is the best of all time at. Mm-hmm. I don't know basketball, but maybe this is more of like a Steve Nash comparison or like the professor from and one, but ba- like more of this, like trick <laughs> right. shot assist type guys, yeah. you know, yeah. and creativity when it comes to
0: that aspect of this game. Seth Curry also is known for missing some time due to injuries and it's sport that they don't get That's his ankles. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> That's um, okay, Okay. last question. Last question. We'll, we're going to do an Anthony Richardson video is some of the playmaking ability and the size concerns. Are you close to Anthony Richardson over Bryce Young? Like we like this playmaking. ability. Oh. so
1: it, I mean, this is going to be a much longer video when we talk about Anthony Richardson.
0: But Richardson
1: does not get the credit he deserves for doing the nuanced things that quarterbacks do. Anthony Richardson's pocket movement is better than CJ Stroud's.
0: Yeah, I think it's fair. I have I, for the record, I have Anthony Richardson ranked ahead of Bryce Young. I would I would go CJ Stroud. Anthony I love Bryce all and three of
1: Bryce. them. And yeah. look, I'm I'm only doing apples and oranges and bananas of the three. But all, right. all of them are quality quarterbacks. And I think the raw label that is attached to Anthony Richardson and just athletic stuff looks over the nuances of his pocket movement while keeping his eyes up. I also think you're overlooking a little bit of like the suddenness to Bryce Young's game, because while he's not going to have a great 40 or is going to have this rocket arm, I think there is a lot of Twitch and suddenness to his game to create those spaces, to make a bunch of these plays. And we saw those over and over and over again.
0: This is Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. And I think he's the best player in the entire draft. The reason Ooh. for that is he's going to have A+. Plus. Accuracy immediately as a starter. I think he has B plus arm strength, but the accuracy, the footwork, his ability to move in and outside of the pocket, uh, I think are really good levels. And I think he's going to be able to hit these deep and outside throws.
1: These quarterback prospect videos are going to be slightly different than our other running back, wide receiver tight end ones. Hopefully, you check those out on the channel. Hit that subscribe button because we really want to take our time in like the different elements of these quarterback prospects. And with Stroud in particular, who is 6'3, 214. Whenever I think of quarterback prospects, I come back to believing that they have to have like one elite trait, one calling card. And for CJ Stroud, undoubtedly Hayden, it is that ball placement, whether it's putting the ball between the numbers, putting the ball on the face mask, putting the ball in the upfield shoulder, like you just saw on a downfield route. I don't know if I can remember another prospect that does that as consistently to all three levels of the field.
0: Yeah, on throws outside the numbers in 10 plus air yard, these are the hardest throws that there are. He had a 65% on target rate compared that to like Bryce Young, for example. 53%. So it's a combination of the accuracy plus the arm strength in general. Plus on that last right there, some of the arc that he's able to put on this to a little bit of loft to kind of fit it between the second level and the third level or down the sideline, very catchable ball. And if you look at his footwork, it's always pointed in the, the right direction. After he catches the ball after the snap, eyes go to the safeties, read the coverage goes to one side of the field, and then his feet are going to be always lined up in the direction very natural throwing motion as well. And that's why he lit up the combine. It was just so obvious how clean of a, a release that he has. And the numbers were just eye popping um, so to me, it's that that touch to all three levels and some of the arm strength. He's got really good arm strength as well.
1: I love these last two throws against Michigan State, because as you all know, a college field is much longer than NFL. When we talk about the hash marks, there's so much further away from the opposite end. And while and we saw it at the NFL combine when he threw back to back with Anthony Richardson, it's so obvious to see the velocity that Richardson puts in his throws consistently C.J. Stroud makes it look effortless. And just look at these. I mean, again, these are longer throws than he'll ever have to make at the NFL level. And when you see a defensive back with his head towards the wide receiver, the only thing that he can cover is the width of his shoulder pads. He can't time it up unless he sees the football. So throwing this up to allow the ridiculous wide receivers that he had at Ohio State to win that is exactly where you want to put that football inside the pylon so you can get one or two feet down. And then coming back right here, another throw against Michigan State, isolated coverage. As soon as his wide receiver, again, very good players at Ohio State, gets that outside leverage, it's just to, boom, over top. And this is exactly where you want to put these passes over and over and over again. And from the last two years of watching C.J. Stroud, again, I want to reiterate, it is From the first quarter, the first snap to the final snap in game one to the final game of his career.
0: So consistent, and that led to 96 percentile EPA per play in 2021 when he had like the actual stone-cold nuts at wide receiver. And then even last year when the wide receiver group got worse, still very good. He was in the 86th percentile among drafted quarterbacks. His QBR, 91st percentile, 96th percentile. In fact, he led all of college football in quarterback rating in his first year at Ohio State, was third in 2022. So all the numbers that he has uh, just through the air are lights out the decision-making. I always thought was pretty good There's sometimes yeah. where he takes a sack or two but really he's not creating much pressure uh by himself unlike someone like Bryce Young who we'll get to later uh just because his footwork is so clean there's not a lot of wasted reps it's just turning his hips back and forth back and forth and the ball is out all the time so uh, I think that he's going to be ready for basically any type of system out there I see some of like the Jared Goff comparisons I think that's on the low end I think that you can have Dak Prescott in his range of outcomes if he really develops then he can potentially get into the Joe Burrow tier. But I think that the baseline thing is just like hoping he turns into Dak Prescott. And to me, that's worthwhile at first overall. I think that he has the best odds of making the most money on the second contract just wow. because quarterbacks are valued at such a high rate.
1: Dak Prescott was the name that I talked with Josh McCown about back in January because it's the facilitator. You know, If he goes to a team in C.J. Stroud that has a great offensive line, that gets clean pockets on 80% of his passing plays.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The results are going to be spectacular. He will be an extension of what the play caller wants him to be on the field. As long as his wide receivers even get a little bit of leverage here, there, spacing a shoulder, whatever it is. The ball is just going to be perfectly in the right place. And I think because of that, he almost makes those difficult throws look easy because of yes. that release because of the velocity that he has it's not like a huge wind up and putting his whole body into it and again just the ball spot on every single throw is uh is really special. Okay, let's talk about whenever we go through the NFL draft process, Ohio State quarterback feels like every other year that they are involved. Let's talk about him in this offense and with the Buckeyes. Because I would say from my seat, Hayden, there were plenty of full field reads and there's plenty of opportunities that even when his primary didn't win, he had to get to a second or third option. And again, there were plenty of good options at Ohio State.
0: Yes. So this is, I think, a pretty complex conversation because there were so many reps where his first read was wide open and the clean pockets were there. So someone just like on that play right there get over to the guy that's going to make an open play and which is what you want by the way yes he has an understanding of how this is played he's going to make his wide receivers go make a play i'm with you though not every single time but there are plenty of times I'm, i'm using this end zone angle for a reason so you can watch his helmet go back and forth and scan the field i do see full full real progressions and compared to like justin fields for example to me i keep going back to the sacks Justin Fields took a bunch of sacks as he was looking to create. C.J. Stroud is not like Justin Fields basically in any capacity. He's looking to get the ball out immediately. According to PFF, only one time per game was he creating pressure because of himself. And when you look at sacks uh, law, or EPA lost on sacks, he was in the 96th percentile in 2021 and the 98th percentile among drafted quarterbacks last year. He just doesn't take sacks like Justin Fields does because I think he has a better understanding of where to go pre-snap and i don't think that he's a big panicker post-snap either so i think that's the big difference is i think that you can kind of translate his pass game more than justin fields even though fields and cj show were both lighting it up at ohio state
1: first reads when they are open a lot of that work is done pre-snap you know and his pre-snap recognition of leverages and coverages and them changing them rolling in and rolling out I did not see any issues with that at all. When playing against many of these big 10 defenses, it was countless. My dudes on the outside are better than your dudes covering them. Facts. There were plenty of occasions where mm-hmm. he had to go from one to two to three front side to back side, And I really loved his processing. And mm-hmm. in, in all of that, there is nothing that would take me or give me hesitation of really whatever offense he would go into that. He wouldn't be able to handle it because yep. if it's like a West coast system, if it's a pure shotgun, Joe burrow, let's let him see the field and not turn away from it and Love just that. hit exactly the spots based on the coverages. We can do that too. I I'm totally comfortable with him as a thrower, as this is the pocket that is formed. This is what the coverages and, the spots that you are allowed to throw to based on who was open and who was not, and then him reading that and putting the ball in the correct location.
0: Two stats for you to back that exact point. On non-play action throws and non-RPO dropbacks, and those are kind of the Mickey Mouse uh, type of plays. On the ones that he wasn't doing that, he averaged 0.46 EPA per play and 0.33 EPA per play in his two seasons with Ohio State. Both of them were the best in college football. So even if you remove some of the, the cookie cutter stuff and you're just going back to the typical dropbacks that you'll see in the nfl he was still extremely efficient on those as well so i'm with you any type of system i'd like to see him in he's going to be the biggest creator ever that's kind of tbd And i think that kind of gets into the next conversation is yeah inside the pocket we have no concerns outside of the pocket the creativity and stuff that's where you can start getting into the weaknesses but i'm with you i think inside the pocket he's he's lights out
1: i would say inside the pocket clean he is lights out I do have slight concerns of when he is pressured and still forced to stay inside of the pocket to, to overcome that like hand in his face. He is the type that will throw off his back foot, almost fall away from it. And plenty of those are connected. So I almost will package what you just said. It's not just outside creation versus inside of structure. Cause I think disruption can still keep a play inside of structure if you avoid it, or absorb the contact and still get to the primary or the secondary in the rhythm of the play. And that's where my biggest concern is. Yes, it is the creativity. It is the elongated plays, but I would also say just like pressured in general and PFF has done some charting on this and it's almost nasty to look at. Okay. 75 passing attempts this past season, just completed 31 of those. I mean, a grade of 42 on offense, When pressured this year, again, that's not that many opportunities because Ohio State was very good at it. I think it also helps that the last time that we saw CJ Stroud at the college level, he was by far and away his best at overcoming disruption. And elevating the play around him when his teammates let him down, and that was against Georgia.
0: Yeah, the, the pressure stuff is so complicated because I'm with you. There are some plays where he's just going to take a nasty sack, but he doesn't. It doesn't happen that often. Like compared, like right. Bryce Young, he he caused pressure on himself three times per game versus C.J. Stroud once per game, and that's like the big difference. We're talking so about like, 95. 50- is that
1: just a charting? Is that is that just a charting thing in terms of Bryce, Bryce. Young's movement? Will force him to draw in pressure but is that kind of like an eye of the beholder charting aspect of it
0: i I think possibly but i just think that cj stroud he's going to stay in the middle of the pocket more
1: yeah and that's totally fair but if we're comparing the two offensive lines i would say alabama's offensive line was worse this year than ohio state's like they allowed far more instant disruption than what ohio state and cj stroud was working behind
0: yeah and to make like an exaggerated example. Zach Wilson at BYU never faced any pressure. And then the second he faced pressure in the NFL, everything collapsed. And I you can possibly make a downside argument with CJ just that he was always in a clean pocket. But I think that it's part, partly because of him. Obviously, they have freaks at both the tackle spots and at center. But I don't know, man. He he doesn't drift in the pocket very much and he throws on time so often. He has such a good feel uh pre-snap. Um, but yeah, this is the Georgia game. Man, the creativity that was on display in this game was yeah. really eye opening and it was at the perfect time. Obviously, he's dealing with way more pressure this time and he's making throws on the run, which was going to be a weakness of mine uh, in this game. But he handled pressure so well, showed an ability to throw on the run that we hadn't seen before, scramble a little bit. He only scrambled 31 times in college uh, and that's in 25 games but he did six times in this game for 66 yards so this was a game that he desperately needed if I was CJ Stroud I would be going to the Panthers and say go watch this game one more time before you turn that card in (laughs) just because I thought this was really special stuff at the perfect time
1: maybe it's my own fault but this was the first game that I watched of CJ Stroud and I mean it was electric it was nearly a, a flawless performance and elevating the the talent around you which is already very good right Um, I was left wanting more when going back and watching some of the others when plays did break down compared to this one. Now, I think what he did show in this game is that at the very least, he is a fine athlete. He's probably an above average athlete, and that just kind of needs to be coaxed out of him more often. You know this playmaking mentality i i wonder if like dating back to middle school or high school if his coaches were like hey man you have to play from the pocket and this is just ingrained into him right now because if a coaching staff will allow him to play a bit more freely i think that what we get is an even better cj stroud who is already so precise And everything pre-snap and post-snap and handing to the the football to his wide receiver 17 yards down the field. And then if we get some of this playmaking mentality, then it's like a ideal prospect. It's like a perfect prospect because I don't know about you, Hayden, but where the NFL is now, it's so different than searching for the quarterback statues 20 or 25 years ago. Even the precision guys now do ad lib. And we, at least to me. I did not see ad-libbing enough from CJ Stroud, um, to feel that he. And to confidently say that he will do that at the NFL level on a consistent basis to take him into the top echelon of guys that can do both.
0: His upside is definitely extremely tied to what you just said. How much is he gonna create on his own when plays do break down? It's not that he's incapable of doing them. So that would be the difference between like Jared Goff. I agree. Jared Goff will not do this because he can't correct CJ Stroud. There's a chance that this just unlocks and that's where the upside case comes into play. Um, but still there's some, there's some athletic limitations like on that last throw where he rolls off to his, his own left and that throws definitely harder to make. And he's a little more clumsy on those throws. He can miss some throws, including that one in the corner of the end zone when he does look to scramble, a little bit of kind of fallen over aspect to him. He's not going to be the strongest or outrun, but he's super young. I wonder if he can get a little bit more athletic getting into that weight room in the NFL. And maybe there's a chance that, like you said, the coaches just say, we need you to do this. And there's no questions. In order to beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, you have to be an absolute playmaker. You have to be like Jalen Hurts. Joe Burrow can do it in moments. And I think that's where like, My upside case would be just get to the level where Joe Burrow is, where on occasion he can make a play like that. We haven't seen that consistently from C.J. Stroud, and that's why he's not a lock to be the first overall pick. In 2010, this exact profile goes first overall. Now we have to try to dream bigger just because you got Josh Allen's in there, you got Patrick Mahomes, and C.J. Stroud did it for like one and a half games, in the Northwestern game, when all that wind he would be scrambling around. But at the same time, he did it against Georgia, uh, the best defense in, in the last decade.
1: Nate Tice of the athletic football show, I'm sure you all know, um, pointed this out because again, that Northwestern game, it was like tons of wind, like 50 mile per hour wind gusts at times. And so Ohio state could not do their standard passing game and put a bit more in CJ Stroud's shoulders as a runner. And in fact, there were a few design runs on top of it. Again, I think that this shows he can do it to your point. It needs to be coaxed out of him and needs to be brought out of him. And I also don't think he's going to be a tough finisher at the end of this, but you don't have to be, yeah. you know, like you really don't have to be a punishing. I'm the hammer. You're the nail. I feel comfortable doing this. Like he could have just gone down two yards before that and slid down, but this is the point, And it's like this in every single quarterback evaluation, where you just have to throw your hands up in the air and just say, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he can do more than this. So even if he can't be more than, a pocket quarterback who's pre post snap with precision with his placement. That is good enough talking with NFL fans and tweeting with them. The Jared golf comparison gets thrown out there a lot and I don't like it to the point because man golf, when he is pressured, he just fizzles out and can't do anything. He has never shown that single game that we saw against Georgia and especially as a prospect that gives you the hope that he could be more so. I really don't like that one-to-one connection that we have seen as of late.
0: Yeah, on your point about like not finishing runs, he has one career rushing touchdown, which is like he has a. I mean, he has a ton of touchdowns. I'm not saying that he's not a, a touchdown machine, but only one career rushing touchdown, and then his rushing EPA is in the thirtieth percentile among drafted quarterbacks. Like we said, most of that came against Georgia. So yeah, I think I think we're on the same page about what levels he is I think he's going to be an NFL starting quarterback I don't see that much downside risk with him I think that there's an upside case based off that Georgia game how much athleticism could you get out of him I don't think he's going to be a game breaker in the in the athletic department but I think that there's a chance that we haven't seen the best of him he is 21 year old had absolutely electric numbers at Ohio State I think he's the best player in the draft
1: and Ohio State's offense again I want to bring this up because reactions that I get was hey look at JT Barrett. Look at all these other players that had so much production. Go back and watch just the differences in, I would say, throwing the football of CJ Stroud versus Justin Fields and how Fields was, I would say wanting to stay in the pocket and attack vertically, but Stroud just manipulates everything. Yep. And he will, again, every like quarter of the field, it is spot on every single time in rhythm and Man, the numbers, the face mask, the upfield shoulder, the backfield shoulder, he hands the football off exactly where the wide receivers need to get it. Uh, He is not my number one quarterback, but I understand why you would have him there. And if it was just that Georgia game and we had like 10 more occurrences of that. Oh, yeah. I think undoubtedly he would be the number one quarterback for everyone. Have you ever been on vacation? After a long day of activities or sightseeing, you have a night in, room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have, and you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right. Three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals underdog. This is Florida quarterback
0: Anthony Richardson. And we have not seen the best of him yet. He's basically all upside at this point. But I think in this video, we're going to concentrate on what he's already doing that are pro level type of things, it, despite only having just a dozen starts,
1: just thirteen starts, four hundred and fifty five dropbacks as a college quarterback. We all know the athleticism; it's staggering. In fact, he's the most athletic quarterback to ever enter the NFL, according by to far the numbers, by far at six foot four, two hundred and forty four pounds. And typically, when we do these prospect videos, we wait until the end to like throw the massive conclusion at you or prediction. I'm going to lead with it this time. I'll lead with the headline. He's termed a project, but I do not see how Anthony Richardson fails with his combination of headsy pocket movement and athleticism, unless he's like a bottom 10 passer in terms of accuracy and a bottom 10 processor at the NFL level, because the word raw is thrown around a lot when talking about Anthony Richardson, just because of his arm, his size, his athleticism. But I 100% believe that there's a huge difference between raw and inexperienced. And we'll get into why with more experience comes more positives out of Anthony Richardson's game.
0: He fits what the NFL is trending towards. And I think there's two things that are going overlooked. There's this huge transition in the NBA about just like leaning into the three-point shot. Obviously, the easiest way for the NFL to do that is to pass more. But I think within that, there's two different things. It's one, avoiding sacks. And last year, this was according to Rich Rebar, the percentage of drives uh, without a sack, how often they score some points on that drive. 24% of the drives, if there's not a sack, that drops down to 8% of drives if there is a sack. And we'll get to it. But Anthony Richardson avoids sacks, and that's a very clear way to score more points. And the other thing is the short yardage rushing on uh, carries with three or fewer yards to go. He had a 73% success rate because he's so strong. He throws defensive tackles off. We just saw Jalen Hurts find the cheat code and led them all the way to the Super Bowl with some of the short yardage rushing. So that is not going anywhere. He is like elite, elite, elite at that stuff. And like you said, he is raw because he's inexperienced. He's not raw because he doesn't have the talent to improve. He's raw because he's inexperienced. And there's a lot of upside to chase. I think that his odds of hitting that upside is probably higher than people... want to give him credit for
1: and to your point with how crucial it is for nfl drives if they want to score points is to avoid sacks he only was sacked on 10.1 percent of the plays where he faced pressure which is the 11th lowest rate among college quarterbacks in 2022 that's all according to dan pazuda of sharp football analysis that's incredible stuff i mean his pocket management is a plus and maybe the perception at large of anthony richardson And then versus actually watching him for the first time, the number one thing that stands out is his poised and mature pocket movement. Like you will see him keep his eyes up, work through these tight little spaces, buy himself some time as a passer. Now, sure. Are there periods of time where you would like him to reset at the top of the pocket instead of, you know, gaining seven yards and then instead hitting a 37 yard that's open down the field? One hundred percent. But for someone that has this innate athletic ability inside of them to work in the confines of a closing pocket and do it in a positive manner versus just relying on that big play athleticism, which he also has, which is also a big positive, is such a major difference than this just perception of a raw project who needs time. Again, I will state it. I would be shocked if this combination of pocket movement and athleticism fails at the NFL level, he would have to be the stone cold worst and other aspects of quarterback play. And he's not the stone-cold worst, even in this draft class, among those groupings.
0: Yeah, among the drafted quarterbacks since 2005, he's in the 89th percentile in terms of EPA lost in sacks. And yes, there's pocket movement that he's very good at, moving in and out, stepping up, going to the side. But like, quite frankly, the reason why he's so good at avoiding sacks is he's impossible to tackle. Like, remember like peak big Ben where people are just shredding him. There are times where defensive tackles literally get both their arms around him, and he just shreds it off. I see some plays in here where you he can run past them to pick up a first down as well. So that's what you're getting out of this play is just out of, out of control. Like that is just insane stuff that you're not going to be finding from anywhere else. So uh, the 87th percentile, when it comes to rushing EPA, I already mentioned the short yard is rushing. He has scrambles like this one. You can go all the way to the house for a million yards. He did this at this, Despite only having a couple starts, he faced the sixth hardest strength of schedule last year. That's in the 83rd percentile among drafted quarterbacks. And when it comes to just the accuracy and the experience and some of the flaws that he does have, he certainly does have flaws. The thing I keep going back to is where was the development in high school? Did you have access to a bunch of pro level quarterbacks? Were you a five star recruit? Anthony Richardson his background is so intriguing he had to like drop his brother off on his handlebars of his bike this guy was not getting like the complete uh, easy path to be becoming a power five guy he only had a couple starts at Florida this Florida offense to me was a total mess they were giving him some really bad looks these Florida receivers didn't do a good job I didn't think the Florida offensive line was very good so to me. I think there's a chance that his accuracy, his footwork is going to improve just because he isn't the guy that just had his cousin or somebody else, uh, a Manning family guy working with him. And that's what Josh Allen had. He was like growing up on a farm. He went to Wyoming. He was 21 years old when he comes out. Anthony Richardson is the same way. He wasn't a five-star guy. He's not 24 years old. He hasn't been in a Power 5 program for five or six years. And to me, that's where you can get the upside case. How fixable is this? I think Anthony Richardson's so fixable because this is all new to him. And the fact that he was this good despite being that new is so intriguing. There are
1: clear differences, and I'll keep bringing this up because I firmly believe it's important in harping on this point, the raw versus inexperienced. So there are games like I think the second one of the season against Kentucky where he – might not hit a layered throw over the middle of the field and instead take off to run. But then you see him in the second half in the exact same concept that Florida went back to, hit that same exact window, and this time make the throw. Or against LSU, a defense that throws a ton at you, a variety of looks. He might not recognize a corner blitz in the second quarter, then they use it again in the fourth quarter in crunch time, and he nails them with a perfect play and a perfect pass to maximize on it to me, that shows that we're not even talking season on season or week to week experience gained and learning from it. We are talking quarter to quarter. Hey, I just recognized what you just did. I'm downloading it in my head. And the next time I see it, I'm already acting on it in a positive way. That's exactly what we want to see. And again, just 13 starts, 455 dropbacks as a college quarterback. This is a profile that Sure, you might say it's somewhat similar to Trey Lance like he was coming out of school or maybe the closest thing is maybe Cam Newton coming out of Auburn. But even then, he had like blend Junior College and all of these more reps like this is a Florida staff. If we're being honest, chose not to put Anthony Richardson and Damian Pierce in the same backfield at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I just love the week on week series on series development that we saw in game from Anthony Richardson this year. And it's apparent each game that you put out on tape.
0: The other thing that allows him to develop is the arm strength. And I think that for a lot of people, we overrate arm strength. But Anthony Richardson is like on a completely other level. This is like some of these throws he's making down the sideline were incredible. He was throwing passes like 60, 70 yards downfield where the receivers weren't even expecting it. And when you have all that arm strength, it allows you to sit in the pocket for just a tad bit longer than a more uh, experienced quarterback yeah. when he can still throw a ball right in there. So To me, the arm strength is A-plus, is as good as you get. The throws on the run are beautiful as well. The the big-time flaw in his game right now is purely just the accuracy. And I do not want to underestimate how bad this accuracy is because it is truly really bad accuracy. Uh, According to passing EPA, he's in the bottom fourth percentile among drafted quarterbacks in their final season. Now, obviously, he only had one season, and he was young. Um, But bottom fourth percentile is certainly some scary stuff when it comes to the passing numbers. On targets that were under nine yards, air yards downfield, he was 111th out of all the college quarterbacks, only had a 73% on target rate on these short passes. And to me, the reason why is... One, there's some footwork issues that I think can be coached up, and that goes back to the inexperienced stuff. And number two, he just throws with so much velocity, so rocked up and strong that he just needs to work on some touch. Some of these second-level throws, he airmails everything too high. He's working on the touch, but I do wonder if just they'll coach them, that'll get coached out, and I think some of the inexperience that he has with coaching and just actually being on the field and feeling more comfortable With his surroundings, I think that that can be improved just because he hasn't been doing this. I wouldn't say a fifth-year player that's always been going to these manning camps and all that stuff. I don't think that their accuracy is all going to all of a sudden improve. But I do think the footwork and the touch is going to improve for Anthony Richardson.
1: So going back and citing that same piece from Dan Pizzuta, just 28% of his passes last year traveled between 1 and 10 yards down the field. That's the lowest of any quarterback prospect since 2017. And was also the most inaccurate in these, like you just said. Now, if we compare that percentage again, 28% to the NFL, 70.5% of throws in the NFL had an a dot of 10 yards or lower last season. I think the lowest from the one to 10 yard range was Justin Fields. So I think some of that is on the Florida offense. They, they, loved these deep patterns over and over and over again. Now, is that like chicken or the egg scenario in some ways? Is it, well, that's how they want to call the offense. And so obviously downfield passes are more difficult to complete. Um, Or is that because they knew Anthony Richardson might have been at his best throwing in that 11 plus yard area? Um, It's interesting. I mean, last year, just the raw numbers. Okay. 54% completion percentage, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions. I can't tell you that I saw like a bad and accurate 55% passer when watching him. I'm also not going to say that, hey, his wide receivers let him down or the scheme, if that was good, it would have pushed him to like 75%. It's somewhere in the middle, you know? So I'm totally with you that especially one time per half and even sometimes one time per quarter, there was one throw that just totally got away from him. And his wide receiver. And if that's over the middle of the field, that's an interception. Sometimes it's a walk in touchdown of a guy that's four yards away. Like other times, the wide receiver didn't even reach for the football because it was so inaccurate of the pass. I'm not a quarterback coach. I cannot tell you why, from a body mechanics, touch, release, footwork reason why that is happening, but it did. But again, I do not think that this is like a critical flaw that should keep him from reaching this potential of all the other positives that he has on his game
0: yeah it goes back to what we said up top avoiding sacks and then having the ability to scramble and win in short yardage situations is going to keep him on the field and keep his team uh having some sustained drives while he has to figure definitely the accuracy and then obviously just getting more aware of defense and all that stuff it's it's to be expected with somebody uh of his inexperience. so um I think some of I, I I saw a lot of inaccuracies. I'm I'm not with you there. I saw a bunch of them. I just think that's fixable given his background and his athletic ability. Um so Well, well I guess
1: my point is like 55% is unreal bad. Like do you think he's the most inaccurate passer that you have seen enter the NFL? No. I I don't. If you uh, do. Okay, if if you do that's fine. Like the other part of this is it can be a correct read, a positive throw and then also imprecise like a pass in terms of ball placement that right. limits yards at the catch which that also happened at times too mm-hmm. there is certainly areas to improve there what i'm trying to do is push back against the idea that oh my gosh he can't hit the broadside of a barn at 55 and that means he's basically undraftable i don't think that like that is the case at all or shouldn't be a first round pick in fact i'm of the belief that all three of these quarterbacks are worthy of the number one selection, including Anthony Richardson. If he was in that last year's class, he is by far and away the number one quarterback in that class.
0: Yeah. Even with my accuracy concerns, I would take him first overall, second overall, kinda depending on my team. If if I had a team that was completely bare bones, had no chance of making the playoffs this year. I would go on the Anthony Richardson ride and see what happens in three years once I have a quarterback coach working on his footwork, his accuracy and understanding some of these defenses a little bit better. So I, I, I'm of the belief that Anthony Richardson Richardson will figure out these issues and that they're very um, solvable.
1: It's enjoyable when you get to see him like not look smooth in a weird way, going from one to two to three to four, like front side to backside in the first mm-hmm. half of games. In the second half of games, he just does it.
0: Yeah, I included some end zone reps here because number one, you're going to see some of the audibles that he's doing pre-snap. He had some control of what this offense was doing but also you can watch his helmet going back and forth he wasn't just a one read guy it wasn't all rpos nothing like that like this is like a big boy throw right on the money and this is one of those throws on in breaking routes i think that he's more accurate it's like these seam routes where he has to put a little more loft on it that's where he's a little bit more struggling but there's some good throws like that play right there he had he puts his eyes to the left side moves the the linebacker sitting in that zone to throw open in a window Right here, he's going up, changing some of the protections, making sure he gets this man coverage, and then throws a ball downfield where I think his accuracy is a little bit better because he's not as much like a, a fitting it between two defenders. He's just throwing this ball up. Uh, he needs to work on the arc a little bit, but he's he changes his protections a lot more than you would expect, and I don't think that his like, progressions and his ability to read coverage is nearly as bad as some people think it is. He's not like uh, who was the quarterback uh, last year. Uh, that went. In oh, he's not round. like Malik Willis at all. Not even like, close. Like I like
1: believe that Malik Willis and Anthony Richardson are similar prospects. Is that play completely signifies it because Malik Willis was a screen thrower and a downfield thrower outside the numbers? Anthony Richardson is perfectly capable working the middle of the field. Now, okay. is it the three to seven yard range frequently? No, but is it the eleven to seventeen yard range? One hundred percent, and just that that blindness to the middle of the field you immediately saw with Malik Willis during the preseason and whatever start he had during the regular season. I don't have that same concern with Anthony Richardson.
0: Yeah, and he is like exceptionally better as an athlete yes. too. Like yes. he not even his far. his ability, like the athletic ability is like so beyond like even like Kyler Murray and these guys. Like it is a complete like Jalen Hurts, like not even close, in my opinion. Like we're talking about exceptional, exceptional athleticism.
1: And, and I would add that Florida didn't even maximize it. Like, sure, he leads this class in unreal place. And some of it is with his arm, and some of it is also with the legs that you saw but they only called 33 runs for him this season, 32 scrambles on top of that. And those 32 scrambles equaled 406 yards. Like we might see 33 runs for Anthony Richardson during his rookie season inside the 20 yard line. You know, we saw every once in a while, like a lead or sweep or quarterback power at times near the goal line. And just having that extra body along with a big, powerful runner too, is just a numbers advantage that means that, Anthony Richardson is going to win in that department. And it wasn't maximized with his Florida offense. Like we've talked about this with other teams so far, athleticism and arm equals upside in people's eyes or ceiling. An easy case is it can be his floor during his rookie season along with his pocket movement. And then you just build on top of that with the accuracy and the processing that that builds. And then that equals the ceiling. That is the architect for the potential that he could be. And I'm, I'm kind of in love with tracking what that is going to become.
0: Yeah, if he goes to the Colts with Shane Steichen, that's kind of what I'm rooting for just because the power that quarterbacks have and the size, I think, is going to become more and more important because teams are going to lean into this quarterback rushing goal line packages like more and more. Like if you look at just the quarterback sneaks versus a run in those situations, the quarterback sneaks are way more effective. And good luck trying to stop Anthony Richardson on some of these quarterback sneaks. So I think that's like the secret ingredient is just quarterback size and the ability to run in short yardage is going to be the next big wave we saw with Jalen Hurts is the first time we've seen an NFL offense cater it to that degree. You're going to see that with Anthony Richardson immediately. And that's, I think, really going overlooked. All right.
1: We'll close with some unreal plays here, about two minutes of them, because uh, Hayden brought about 10 minutes of tape to show you all uh, enjoy it. And again, the number one thing that stands out to me, and I would like for you to have a closing word too, is typically projects do not have this maturity and pocket feel like Anthony Richardson does. So bid off that base and the tools, the traits can make something really special out of this.
0: The bar to become an AFC or NFC championship level quarterback has never been higher because of the quarterback movement. And even though I like CJ Stroud's ability to get to that second uh, tier of quarterbacks there is no question the person with the highest ceiling in the nfl draft is anthony richardson his odds of becoming an mvp level quarterback are higher than anybody's in this class it's going to take some development for that but the ceiling is highly intriguing and if the texans at number two overall want to take him. I am totally fine with that. Give him some time to develop, and we have a foundation to work with. And there's in spurts, we saw some high-level quarterback ability, and a lot of it is instincts that you cannot coach. He's very calm, and he can move around that pocket, and that's um, really going to unlock the ceiling for him. So if your team drafts him, you should be highly intrigued. Give him some time to do it. I think that we have a potential MVP candidate uh, in the next four or five years. Yeah,
1: and I think he can start during his rookie season as well. Okay, eyes up. Vision downfield, go and check out the other prospect videos we have on the channel. Subscribe, notification bell, and go play on Underdog Fantasy. drafts right there. And enjoy these highlights. Let them wash all over you. See you next time.